0: Well, welcome everybody to, everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick, coming to you live from somewhere in Alaska, actually coming to you from the rainy Kenai Peninsula, which, you know, I welcome the rain here on the peninsula because we had probably June, you know, May-ish, june July-ish was sunny and 70 almost every day, which was awesome, but uh, my grass needed to get a little green, so I welcome the rain. And... Uh, we are just off uh, a uh, election on Tuesday, and we have a special treat for you today. We have Kathy Hensley today. But before I go into that, I want to just remind folks that if you listen to this podcast, maybe on Pandora, Amazon, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you like it, please make sure to give us a review. Those reviews help. It takes literally, if you're on iTunes, you don't even have to write a review. You can just cl- click on the stars. It takes you probably five seconds and it helps us out a great deal. And then if you are big into apps, we have the Must Read Alaska app. So if you have a smartphone, which probably almost everybody in Alaska has one, um, you can go to the App Store, Android or iTunes, and uh, just type in Must Read Alaska, and the app pops right up, and it's free for you. So we put a lot of time, money, resources into that app, and uh, we hope that uh, you enjoy it. If you do enjoy it, Leave us a review on that as well. So, um, we produce all this content pretty much for the most part for free for everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, don't ask much in return. But if you can leave a review, it would be very very helpful. So, without further ado, I want to welcome Kathy Hensley to the Must last show. Welcome, Kathy.
1: Hi, John. Thanks for having me.
0: No problem. So, for folks out there that maybe don't know you or getting to know you for the first time, or maybe they've heard a little bit about you, tell us a little bit about. Uh, where you grew up and 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 what brought you to throwing your name in the hat uh, a couple of years back and running for office?
1: Yes, well, I've lived in Alaska my whole life. My parents fled San Francisco when I was six months old to move to the great state of Alaska, and I've been here ever since. Uh, I've my husband, Steve, and I have raised five children here and uh, their families have produced us five amazingly wonderful grandchildren who all live in Alaska and are thriving and doing well here. So, you know, I, I'm an Alaskan girl. I love Alaska. Everything about my life is revolves around what's happening in Alaska. Um, I am a realtor. Uh, I have been involved in um, real estate uh, for most of my adult life in Alaska and uh, really love development i love economic issues i'm th- those kinds of things are my interest some people like to knit or sew I like to look at real estate projections and <laughs> that's kind of my thing um so the reason i uh, decided to run I'll just tell you this this really this is My experience is my husband is a retired Alaska Army National Guard pilot. That's why we've lived in Alaska this whole time, but been and been a military family at the same time. And so Steve spent uh, years out of our 35 years of marriage uh, deployed overseas fighting for our freedom, making sure that we were safe here and that, um, you know, what we value uh, as Americans was protected And, uh, you know, I we would pack up those five kids in our in our minivan, drive out to the base and put Steve on a plane to fly overseas and not see him for a year. Sometimes he had uh, two year long deployments, but often he'd be gone for six months, three months, eight months at a time. That was the sacrifice that we chose to make as a family. Now, Steve could have flown for a commercial airline and we could be doing a lot different things in life right now. But uh, the United States of America is very important to us and our freedoms we do not take lightly. And so that was a decision we made as a family. We did not know how things were going to go for Steve. He was in the middle of things. Um, when I would talk to him from overseas, uh, I would hear bombs going off in the background. And my children weren't, didn't know you know, how, what the outcome was going to be. So Steve retired a couple of years ago. And one day I woke up and uh, I'll never forget it. And our entire city was shut down. Small businesses were closed. We were told to stay in the house. We were told this for, you know, that the bureaucracy of our government was going to protect us. And uh, yeah, that didn't sit well with me. Um, For someone who's been in an actual, you know, war zone, not me, but, you know, sending my my husband over there, that was a real slap in the face. I did not, I didn't do well with that. So I really started, you know, talking to uh, friends and family, really started praying about it. I, I am not an angry person. I'm a very easygoing, you know, happy person. I have a great life. Um, but I had a lot of anger. And I thought, this is not okay with me. And so um, after really praying about it for a while... Um, I just, I remember realizing, oh, this is, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, I, I knew nothing. I mean, I, I, as a, as a, uh, you know, as a person who loves the constitution, loves the United States, I keep up on politics. I actually graduated from service high school early to go down and work in the um, Alaska state Senate as a page, because I was interested in what was going on in government. Um, That's another kind of funny thing about me is that, uh, when I was fourteen, Ronald Reagan ran, went, ran, and won his first election, and I was so thrilled with that. And uh, the year I turned 18, I was actually able to vote for Ronald Reagan in his second term. And it was one of the happiest days of my life. I was so excited for what he was doing for our country. So that's, that's me. I'm, I'm a little uh, different than some people. I think, you know, I I love business and I, and I think politics and policy that we live under is very important and it really does affect our lives.
0: Well, I think uh, one of the things that's been fun to watch from the sidelines the last year or so is you've had a tremendous amount of uh, uh, support um, uh, in in the couple races that you've run. So talk to us a little bit about what that, you know, what you, what did you learn the first couple times around? I, I spoke with a friend of mine, former Senator Dave Donnelly, uh, maybe a month or so ago, and he told me the story about, you know, his first two races that he ran, he lost. And this is a guy who has been one of the most successful politicians in Alaska. Uh, he switched from the Democrat party to the Republican. He's been in the state house, the state Senate. He's been, um, as he's the only conservative person on the Anchorage school board right now. He's a former, he's a uh, assistant commissioner uh, for Governor Dunleavy right now. He's had a very decorated career. Um, had he would have stopped because he lost twice, none of that would have happened. So is there anything that you kind of golden nugget takeaways of in your first uh, two tries here?
1: Yes. Oh my goodness. I have learned so much. And I laugh at myself about how naive I was about how this entire process worked. Um, when I filed to run the first time, I didn't even see if there was another Republican in the race. I just knew that I had been represented by a Democrat for quite a while in my district. And so I was going to run against him and. Um, and my daughter and I printed up some flyers and I just started walking around our
0: neighborhood
1: (laughs) 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 and somebody contacted me and said, are you running for office? I said, yeah. And they said, well, would you like some help? I said, oh, okay. So, you know, I, I knew that I would figure it out. That is kind of how I am. Um, I knew that I would be able to figure it out, but I learned so much in that first race. Um, I, uh, one of the things that I learned is I, I did knock on every single door um, in our neighborhood, in, in the district that, um, that had a possibility of maybe voting for me. And after about three days, I, I turned to my husband. And I said, I don't know why we didn't do this 25 years ago. This is so great. You get to meet all your neighbors and really meet nice people i love people so that was really you know exciting for me um that race i it was a three-way race at the time um there's an alaska independence party uh candidate that also ran and uh between the two of us we actually beat that incumbent but uh, he took enough votes from me that i i just barely lost and so i thought well You know, I I learned some things I really learned. I had no name recognition at all. Running a campaign was totally new for me. There are some things that are similar to running a business. So it wasn't, I I think I took to it pretty well. Um, But uh, then my thought was, I'm going to take a rest and kind of reassess and see if this is something I'm going to continue. And then, you know, things in Anchorage are just so insane. Absolutely insane. And I was going to every single assembly meeting. Uh, I started going to assembly meetings a couple of years ago, and I was going to everyone, and it was so painful to sit there and just not be heard. Uh, and so, um, the mayor is a friend of mine. Uh, his wife and I have been friends for years and years. She's just a lovely person. Uh, she's one of my favorite people. And so, you know, of course, Mayor Bronson and I talk about these things in Anchorage a lot. And uh, he knows where I stand. I know where he stands. And so he asked me if I would run for assembly.
0: And He's probably assembly- like, I need some help. <laughs> Please help.
1: Yeah. Send yes. in the troops. <laughs> and my the the assembly person in my district that was up was is makes all the tell. And, uh, she's, uh, you know, she's very, um, much a leftist. She really believes that government is the solution and that she has the answers and doesn't really, to me, doesn't really seem to realize that results mean something, you know, you can look at results and if your results are good, then your, your policies are good. If your results are bad, then your policies are probably bad. And that doesn't seem to occur to this assembly. So I ran a hard race for the assembly. It, I I don't think I've ever worked so hard in my life. I always say it's the weirdest, longest job interview I've ever been on, and then didn't get the job. <laughs> so, well, you've,
0: I think you guys raised like one hundred sixty thousand bucks. Is that somewhere around the ballpark?
1: Yes. Yep. Just just under that. And I, of course, never dreamed in my in a million years that that was either going to be required or that we would even be able to do that. But people were so energized about getting her off the assembly and so when we came to that you know to election night and the you know as you know because I know you uh, reported on this you know p- trickled out painfully slow to find out who was getting what votes and um then when we realized that we lost um I I was pretty stunned I think people called me constantly for several days and just what happened how did that happen and and you know, um, I'm not sure of all the reasons why, uh, you know, she had name recognition and she had just gone through a recall that she won that was kind of, you know, was a, I wasn't involved in the recall because, because of my standing as a candidate. And, you know, it, historically in Alaska, recalls do not usually produce the results we're hoping for unless of course we're on the other side of the recall and our, our person does not get recalled, but it's not, it's not a process that typically um, works in Alaska. So there were lots of reasons. Um, she of course had a lot of money um, and that, you know, it was a very expensive race, which as a conservative, I disdain. I don't like that.
0: <laughs> Unfortunately though, that's what it takes. And um, yes. And, you know, I think that, I think that you gave it a valiant effort. And I think that one of the things that's exciting for Uh, conservatives as they look at your particular race right now is, uh, you know, raising $160,000 is a big deal. Uh, Not everybody can do that, especially somebody that's newer to running for office. And so I think that speaks volumes to the kinds of folks that you've attracted to help you, attracted to donate. And um, I think it made for a a potential recipe for success for this time around. So tell folks about what you're running for currently, and uh, what happened uh, Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. So I have to say, I just have to make a comment on something you just said, because th- that is so true. The, the volunteers, the donors, the businesses that came forward, and just people that they want the same things I want. I happen to be the candidate but they are, you know, they're working and doing things to make changes too. So that was so encouraging to me to have so many people come out. And, and like you said, just, you know, I would wake up in the morning and, you know, getting ready for my day and looking at mapping out what we're doing and seeing the donations pouring in. I, I really thought, wow, people are behind this. They want change in Anchorage. So, uh, so I, after I, know knew for sure that we had lost that assembly race uh so steve and i we were thinking okay well we're done we ran twice i mean we ran as really literally as hard as we could um and so you know obviously this uh district does not want me and that's you know the way the system works right so i'm gonna you know i'll probably move back into a position of supporting another candidate or you know i'm i'm you know going to be involved obviously and that night I started getting phone calls and uh, <laughs> uh, mostly senators and representatives. And they called me. And I remember the first one, I won't tell you his name because I, I know he felt bad about calling me that night, but he said, you know, you have name recognition, you've got this momentum, you have all these donors and that are people that are on board with you. And we, I know it's early. I know you just lost. I know you're exhausted, but we need you to run for state. Uh, a state office. And I I was baffled. I got off the phone. I I told Steve, I said, you're not going to believe that this call I just got. And I told him and he's like, why would they call us? You're a two time loser. (laughs) I said, I know you're
0: you're just getting warmed up.
1: So we started, you know, we started having those conversations and talking to supporters, talking to our volunteers and seeing, you know, is this something we can do again? This is, I've been running for two and a half years now, almost two and a half years. Um it's a it's a big job, it's a hard commitment. There's a lot to it. Um you know, and I still work, I'm, I'm, I'm a realtor and I have a business and, uh, and I still have kids and grandkids, all that. So, so we, again, we said, we're going to take a little bit of time. We're going to really look at this, really think about it and count the cost of what this is going to be. And, um, and then we decided, yes, we're going to, we're going to go ahead and jump in again. Um, you know, name recognition, the supporters that have already done so much. And uh, I am, so I'm running for district 13 state house the incumbent is Andy Josephson. And when I first jumped into the race, there were two incumbents, Chris Tuck, who is the candidate that I, or the, the incumbent that I ran against the first time. And Andy Josephson, because of redistricting, we had both of those um, can both of those legislatures to go against. And so, you know, again, here I go, an uphill battle a the big, <laughs> a big, tough race. And um, but then uh, very quickly, Chris Tuck dropped out. So then I'm up against Andy Josephson. He's been in the legislature for uh, over a decade. and But the one of the positive things for me is I have been campaigning in this district for quite a while, and Andy Josephson only has two precincts in this district. He happens to live in one of those precincts, and so that's why he's now in my district. So a lot of my voters know me in this district, and they don't know him that well. Um, he has had a very organized and well-run campaign, uh, probably better than anybody I've run against before, uh, which makes me, um, you know, I, I, it was, uh, interesting to have that information. Um, but after the primary, I've talked to people and they've said, wow, he did that much work and you still came out ahead. Cause I did end up winning the primary. I have, um, 40, uh, let's see, he ended up with 44%. I ended up with 48 and percent and Tim Hewitt ended up with six and a half percent. So Tim Hewitt is the, um, independence campaign, Alaska independence candidate. And, uh, he called me a couple weeks ago. He and I talk every once in a while. Um, he has, you know, mostly conservative, he has conservative values and, uh, he told me a couple of weeks ago that he is going to drop out of the race after the primary and endorse me, which I really appreciated. So I I'll probably be talking to him in the next couple of days to see, you know, what, what his timing is going to be on that. But if I can get his uh, his supporters and he, he did say he'll endorse me. So I don't know why they wouldn't come over to me, but that would mean that I'm up by about 10 points. You know, who you can't count on all those people switching over, but I think that a good chunk of them will. So we've got a good, uh, um, we're we're ahead by a good amount. It was more than I expected, I have to say, going into that night. I was hoping that, you know, if we could be just about even, I'd be really happy. Um, so to be ahead really feels good.
0: Yeah, one of the things for, for folks that are looking for key distinctions, because I know, you know, in Alaska, we have uh, a big chunk of our voters are the nonpartisan mm-hmm. Kind of in the middle voters, um, and I believe you know uh, Andy is in the group of wanting to diversify our tax base, and um, he even on his website states that uh, our state is linked to the fortunes of oil industry, and we don't want to divorce ourselves from our oil, not hardly, but we want to set our own path. And so, you have to be for folks listening, words matter. Mm-hmm. And setting our own path means probably, uh, you know, I'm assuming here, so, you know, but you're setting your own path of a new tax way. So income tax, sales tax or something like that. And so um, if you could, you know, uh, very succinctly give a you know, elevator talk on the differences between you and your opponent, kind of what, what do you tell folks when you're knocking on the door?
1: Yes, and and this is one thing about this race that I think is going to make it a little bit easier because we are very different. We think very differently about the economy. Um, I am for a full and renewed statutory PFD. Um, I believe that that is uh, belongs to Alaskans and not the government. Uh, I am. I do not believe that we need an income tax, and I think. Alaska needs to be open for business. And what that means is that we need to have a stable and reasonable tax structure for, for businesses in Alaska. We need to be promoting business in Alaska. Um, Alaska should be a world-class economic powerhouse. World-class, not not just in the United States. We have the resources and the positioning and the people to have every opportunity in the world right here in Alaska. And I believe in that. I believe in Alaskans and I believe in innovation and creativity and development. Um, We have proven over and over again that we can do all those things responsibly. And um, so I am very pro-business. And I, I believe that Uh, individual citizens make the best decisions for themselves. So to take money out of Alaskans pockets from the PFD to give it to government for more special interest spending is absurd to me. Uh, I, again, we see that giving government funds to special interests does not help the everyday individual Alaskan. What we're doing is we're funding a bureaucracy that's growing and growing. And we know bureaucracy never is efficient. They never produce. Uh, It's not, it's not where our money should be going. So that's a big, a big, huge difference between um, representative Josephson and I.
0: Yeah. And uh, he is also, excuse me. He's also a big proponent of returning our, State benefits back to a defined benefits um, contribution, which for folks that are like, I don't even know what that means, which is totally fine because I didn't even know what half this stuff meant, you know, four years ago. It's basically a, a pension style benefit package that guarantees you X amount of dollars as opposed to a 401k, which you know guarantees a match but also it doesn't guarantee you a rate of return because it could fluctuate based on the stock market now defined benefits packages essentially would bankrupt the state of alaska if we return to that with the with the current sources of income that the state has they would it would be impossible to fund and um those things are going to be very very detrimental to alaska we moved away from that because it just wasn't appropriate at the time, and even now. And we, I think, the state for the most part has moved to essentially a four hundred one k kind of package where they match uh, a certain percentage. Now, um, I know tons of people that don't even have a four hundred one k that are in you know work in private sector jobs, and so the state's package is definitely way better than a lot of folks that I know that don't even have four hundred one ks. And uh, the argument to move to define benefits is just kind of ludicrous in my opinion. So um, Kathy, Kathy, tell us how, how does somebody, you know, maybe somebody's listening in, they want to they want to help you knock on doors, they want to help you make phone calls, they want to come do an event. Where can they find you? How do they get a hold of you? Where's one of your next events going to be?
1: Great. Okay, so our website is the best way to get a hold of us. It's Kathy Hensley for Alaska.com and uh on that website you can sign up to be a volunteer you can find out where our next events are and you can donate and we are having an event this Thursday from 5:30 to 7:30 at Little Dipper Diner on Diamond and we would love to see anybody there i love to answer questions and meet people if you have a you know if you're wondering if you're on the fence i'd love to talk to you and if you'd like to jump on and join this campaign we do have a great group of people it's a great way to get involved in what's going on in alaska and then uh, my my uh, email is kathy at hensleyforalaska dot and so both of those ways would be great. I'll get back with you and we'll connect.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kathy, for joining us here on the Must Read Alaska Show. And uh, for folks interested uh, later today, I think around one o'clock, we're going to be having an awesome special guest, uh, the the CEO and founder of Boxable, which is a uh, one of the largest kind of new ways to think about housing. Uh, they, they produce these uh, teeny houses that show up in a box. They're famous. Uh, one of the reasons why they're famous is because it's what Elon Musk lives in. So um, the gentleman that I'm going to be interviewing today at one is the founder, one of the founders and the CEO of the company. And uh, it's going to be awesome to hear about what he's doing, because I think a lot of this off the grid kind of living here in Alaska these boxable approaches to uh, housing could work because they're—I think—they're only fifty thousand bucks a piece. So, anyways, folks, tune in at one o'clock there, and we'll be on—I think—Monday with somebody from the mayor's office. So, until then, this is John Quick signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Kathy, thank you so much for joining us, and good luck on the campaign trail. We wish you well.
1: Thanks, John.